Four Midwest Guys presents... What is up all my fellow moving bros? And man has this season been short. Seems like just yesterday they announced the Golden Globe winners. Now here I am talking to you about the possibilities of what is going to get nominated for the Academy Awards as they are about to be announced on Tuesday. So, without any further ado, we've got a lot of categories to get through. Your bro likes to give the technical categories the respect they deserve, so we're going to cover them pretty quickly as well. In fact, we've got so much to cover, I even already did my weights before the show, so don't expect me to be lifting too much during this. It's just going to be a straightforward going through all the predictions, and why they're such heavy contenders. Now, the bros divided them into three sets, kind of like your max weight, your middle weight, and your low weight, but for these are the ones that, for the surefire bets, I'm going to call them my supersets. The ones, they got a pretty good chance, but we're not sure. We're going to call them about to plateau, and then for everybody else, it seems like they're kind of lovable long shots or don't have much of a chance. I'm going to call them my gym newbies. So, without further ado, Let's see who's on my list and best actor. This year, category's kind of slim pickings, I think. But our biggest supersets are going to go to Casey Affleck, who's probably going to take home the gold as well. And Ryan Gosling is also going to find his way into the nomination as well. As far as our guys that are about to plateau, we got Mr. Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, which he's going to get in depending on how well that movie does. Unless we've got another Gone Girl, where we see that it's expected to get a big Best Picture push with a bunch of nominations. It only ends up with one big shock. So he is at the mercy of how well Hacksaw Ridge and its director Mel Gibson are going to be received come Oscar night. So I still think he's got a shot, mostly because it's slim pickings this year. But you never know how the Academy is. They're pretty fickle. Now, also on our About to Plateau, we have Mr. Denzel Washington for Fences who's also the director, and might actually direct himself into a Best Actor nomination. Something that rarely happens, but they love to see very accomplished veterans in the industry to do that, so he might be the one. As far as our gym newbies, I think the fifth slot's gonna go to Mr. Viggo Mortensen. That's right, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings is gonna find himself with his second Oscar nomination for the film Captain Fantastic, which has been getting an incredible amount of buzz. Surprised everyone when he got a Best Actor nod at the Screen Actors Guild. I think momentum's looking pretty good for him this year. Mostly because, like I said, very slim pickings this year. The other guys that might actually sneak in, you might get Mr. Joel Edgerton for Loving, or Tom Hanks and Sully, who, if he doesn't get nominated this year, might make his second film in a row where he got passed up after Captain Phillips. A lot of people thought he was going to get nominated there. Didn't. Same might be this year. So whatever Mr. Tom Hanks gets next year, or his next big project, I think it might be time to recognize him again, Academy. You haven't nominated him since the year 2000 for Castaway. Moving on to Best Actress, we come to my supersets, which are Miss Emma Stone for La La Land, Natalie Portman and Jackie, and Isabella Huppert for Elle. Oh, might as well just throw in Amy Adams for Arrival. We have four women that are up for our supersets this year, and that is amazing. The Best Actress race, quite opposite to the Best Actor race this year, is going to be incredibly exciting to see who gets in and who's going to have the strongest strength going into the wins. Now, that leaves us with our fifth slot open, which could be our about to plateau. I don't even think we have any newbies. We've got two really strong contenders. It's either going to go to the queen herself, Meryl Streep, to get her next nomination for Florence Foster Jenkins. I could definitely see that happening. But I could also see 
Annette Benning sneaking in to get a nomination for 20th Century Women. So we'll see where that goes. Is it going to be Meryl Streep? Is it going to be Annette Benning in the fifth slot? Meryl Streep has always pulled out a surprise nomination. I actually counted her out back in 2013. I thought the nomination was going to go to Emma Thompson for Saving Mr. Banks. Turns out she didn't get the nomination and went to Meryl Streep for August Osage County. So never count out the Queen Miss Streep. Moving on to our screenplay categories. My super sets for adapted screenplay are going to be Moonlight and Arrival. That's right. These two, I'm guaranteeing nominations. And if they don't, if neither one of those get nominated, I will be incredibly surprised there, fellow bros. Now, as far as our about to plateaus, I definitely think Lion, which I found out in one of my last shows was a Weinstein production and has been slowly picking up steam, is definitely going to probably find its way into a few more categories. However, you ready for this there, everyone? Apparently, from what I've been reading, the Weinstein Company has been having a bit of financial problems lately, so their strength in Hollywood may not be as strong as it used to be. That's right, the company that was pretty well known for spending more money on their Oscar campaigns than on the budget for their films. I can't see how they'd have financial problems, but apparently it's happening this year, because not only is Lion kind of in the is it gonna get in or is it not gonna get in stage, mostly because of the prestige of the company behind it, might get in. However, the Weinstein Company was also behind Michael Keaton's movie The Founder, which earlier in the year a lot of people were expecting Mr. Keaton to get another nomination since he's been kind of a lovable long shot ever since he lost for Birdman, thought he could have gotten nominated for Spotlight and he didn't, and now this movie, crazy things are happening everyone, races are falling behind, weird stuff, and now we got this crazy stuff going on with the Weinstein Company, but I'm still not counting out line for adapted screenplay, pardon my rant there, I'm going to get back on track, my next big one that's pretty strong contender, definitely about to plateau, is Hidden Figures, the movie that has been performing incredibly well with audiences, held on to the number one spot for two weeks in a row, is actually getting incredible reviews, great audience reception, so it's definitely going to find its way into a lot of races, and I think it's going to find its way here into adapted screenplay. Now for our fifth nomination, well, let's see, we might have some newbies here. It's kind of hard to call them newbies, but I'm going to call them newbies just because I don't know where this fifth slot's going to go. I'm predicting it's probably going to be Mr. Tom Ford for Nocturnal Animals, a movie that's got some pretty interesting buzz, but it's been really weird to watch how people respond to the film, especially people in the industry. First, Mr. Aaron Taylor Johnson wins a Golden Globe for Supporting Actor, then he doesn't even get nominated in the Screen Actors Guild, then gets a bunch of nominations at BAFTA. It's just been crazy to watch the reception on this film. I still think he's got enough love and respect in the industry to get a nomination, but don't count out my other two gym newbies in Fences and Hacksaw Ridge. Now, Hacksaw Ridge might fall behind because of how people are responding to the film itself as well as the director. Well, okay, mostly the director. And Fences might have that problem where people have watched it and said, man, this really did feel like a stage play, which it was. And sometimes that's pretty hard to translate to film. And unless it's adapted very well, it doesn't do too hot. So... My fifth slot's going to go to Nocturnal Animals. Moving on to original screenplay. Definitely feel that Manchester by the Sea and La La Land are my super sets for the year. If either one of those don't make it in, fellow bros, this is going to be very surprising. For those that are about to plateau, I salute you. No, but the ones that are about to plateau in my book, I think Jackie's got a pretty good chance, as well does The Lobster. So as far as our gym newbies... Who's going to get that fifth slot? 
I think we got a three-way race between Zootopia, Hell or High Water, 20th Century Women. Hell or High Water might sneak in if it gets a Best Picture nomination, so if we see that announced, definitely look for it to be one of our Best Picture nominees this year. But I'm going to go a little weird, and I think that the world building and that the subtle message of the subtext of Zootopia is going to pull out a nomination there because, frankly, that is the essence of really good storytelling. And if anybody's paying attention to see it outside of just another animated film, definitely got a shot for original screenplay. Moving on to another one of the bros' favorite technical categories is production design. That's right, how well did the movie look? How good were the sets? How much did it evoke when you watched it? So, La La Land, musical, it's gonna get nominated. Best picture, sweeper. Yeah, definitely my super set. And everything else, I think, is kind of about to plateau, even though I don't think La La Land's gonna pull out the win for production design, because we've got some other films that are pretty strong. Like, Arrival, definitely got a good shot there. Silence, the Martin Scorsese film, set in, like, feudal Japan. Definitely a very difficult time period to reproduce. So we definitely have to give a nod out to the uh, production designers and set crew on that one. And I'm going to go for a big one with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Because let's face it, it's a Harry Potter universe that's set in America, for God's sake. So, yeah, we had a whole new world to design. It was set in the past. It had fantasy elements. I think it's got a pretty good shot. And as far as our fifth slot for our newbies... I'm going to throw the bone out to Jackie because it's also a period flick. They had to recreate the White House. Really good design and look. It was all about how much Jackie brought to re remodeling the White House. I think it's got a good shot, especially if it's up for Best Picture. If it's not, we've got some other strong contenders with The Jungle Book and Hail Caesar. Kind of going hand in hand with the design, we're moving on to the costume design. So, easily, speaking of Jackie, I think that movie's definitely got a nomination because that movie recaptured all of the 60s looks as well as how well Jackie herself looked. And in one incredible sequence of that film, there's like a three-minute sequence of her going through the White House and cleaning out some stuff, wearing multiple costumes. All of them never once felt like they weren't authentic. She's got a shot there. That's got a good chance. Might even be your winner. But of course, look out for some other ones. We got Florence Foster Jenkins, definitely a super set there. 1940s New York in a very high class environment, especially around a bunch of opera singers too. Oh yeah, that's got a good look. That's definitely going to try to get in there. And of course, flowy dresses and La La Land. Yeah, it's modern, but we got some pretty looking yellow and blue dresses here and there. It's going to sneak in. As far as some of the other ones that, I don't know, about to plateau... Jim Newbies, nothing really stood out too much. So we've got some other ones in silence. I think Hidden Figures is going to sneak in there as well. Because, like I said, I think the movie's performing really well right now. And I think it's going to spread to a lot of other categories. And if not, we've got some other wonderful costume design in the film Love and Friendship. Fantastic Beasts of Where to Find Them. And maybe even a surprise nomination for the Brad Pitt film Allied. Moving on to Cinematography. Something that all of us technical movie geeks love to geek out over. And we've got La La Land. It's got a lot of use of master shots. Best picture, possible winner. Oh yeah, it's in there. Moonlight, which had a great use of handheld, as well as different looks for three different time periods. And great looking colorization. I think it's going to get in there. As well as Mr. Dennis Villeneuve's... That, that director can always get something up for best cinematography. He got Sicario and Prisoners up there. Never mind the fact that they were shot by the living legend himself, Mr. Roger Deakins. 
who is actually absent from arrival this time, and we may not see his name in the nominations. Unless they go really weird and nominate Hail Caesar, which I doubt, but I think it's going to go to arrival. And then, and if you're looking for great camera work, look no further than Mr. Martin Scorsese, and I think Silence is going to find its way into the five nominees for cinematography this year. As well as Greg Frazier's work in Lion. That's right. Greg Frazier is not only enjoying some great commercial work with the film Rogue One right now, but he's getting some great indie cred for Lion as well. Like I said, I think the Weinstein Company's producing this film pretty hard this year. That's going to be their darling. So that might sneak in. And if that does, it's going to get a couple technical nods. And Greg Frazier, who's been a wonderful DP over the last couple years, is finally getting some recognition. Lion's going to be his first one. But also, don't count out Jackie. If Jackie manages to sneak in, its use of blending stock footage with real footage and making everything look pretty natural as well as some really great lighting work in there, I think that might have a chance too. Support for that film's pretty big. It's definitely going to get nominated here. Moving on to a category that's pretty much hand-in-hand with Best Picture, we have Best Film Editing. That's right, the movie that gets like the rhythm and the pacing and the use of cutting, intercutting, all of that stuff has to work harmoniously, while at the same time, never once drawing attention to itself. That is the work of a good editor. When you start to notice the edits and start to notice how heavily stuff is cut, that's when you start to notice maybe the editors are trying a little too hard. But typically, if a movie's up for best picture, it's got good pacing, it's got good rhythm, it's got good timing. So of course, La La Land's going to get a nomination because it's all about pace, rhythm, and timing. And of course, since I also mentioned before with Moonlight, there's a lot of intercutting between three different time periods. Moonlight's going to find its way in there as well. I also think Hacksaw Ridge, with it being a war film and some heavy action sequences and definitely good use of slow motion and all that, going to find its way in there as well. As well as the very intense film Arrival, which if anyone has seen it, there's a lot of good use of intercutting between time periods. And actually, the editing, by the time the end comes around, you find itself actually had a really important role to play. So yeah, the editing there is definitely up there. And as far as our fifth slot, a lot of people are predicting Manchester by the Sea. I'm not thinking that one's so strong because I think it might either go to something a little bit more technical like Jackie or Hell or High Water. But I wouldn't count out Manchester by the Sea if support's big enough for it. Might find its way in, unless supported for it is waning. In which case, if, if you don't find it here in editing, it may not have too much strength. Moving on to sound mixing. Oh, this is fun, because we've got two sound categories, and I always love explaining every year what the difference is. Why do we have to have two sound categories? Well, allow me to explain there, fellow bros. Sound editing, which is our other category we'll get to, is all about the design and the concept and how well it works in the film. Is it original? Is it used well? A lot of the times, our editors use a lot of stuff that's already in their library. Sure, you've heard some of the sound effects multiple times before, but it's how well does it work in the film? Does it create the environment? Does it build the world? And that's what sound editing does. It's all about world building. And it's got to be very subliminal, because if it's too obvious, no one pays attention. But then you come to sound mixing, and what's important about sound mixing is if it's not the right levels, like if your sound effects are too overblaring over the dialogue, that's bad sound mixing. If your dialogue is too loud and you can't hear any important subtle sound effects in the back, that's bad sound mixing. So, sound mixing is incredibly important because it takes all those elements, the dialogue, the music, the sound, everything, makes them all work harmoniously. 
which is why I love when Mad Max Fury Road won last year, because that entire movie had to have dialogue recorded with a lot of loud engines, and they lapel mic'd every single actor to get the dialogue just right. That, my friends, is a great use of sound mixing. And looking at this year, oh man, we've got something pretty big. I'm going to save my supersets for last. I'm going to go to what I think has definitely got a really good shot. Because we've got Arrival. It's going to have a really good chance of sound mixing. Rogue One and Jungle Book. However, I wouldn't count out movies like Deepwater Horizon or Sully. But our two big supersets, oh man, this is a war and I can't wait to see this. Because you've got your musical La La Land. Musicals will always get nominated, ladies and gentlemen, because they have to mix all sorts of levels. And it's from our same sound mixers that won two years before for Whiplash. So we got an easy, easy nomination there. However, oh, we have a living legend with Mr. Kevin O'Connell. The man that has been nominated more times than any other person without winning an Oscar. That's right. This man has about 25 or 26 nominations and has gone home with nothing. The last time he was nominated was back in 2007 for Transformers, lost to the Borner Ultimatum. The year before that, he lost from his work on Apocalypto 2. Sad to say another musical. Everyone forgets Dreamgirls. Probably should have thrown him a bone then because... There's a big sad story behind it that his mom wanted to stay alive to watch him win his Oscar. She was right there on her deathbed the year Apocalypto was nominated. And yes, she passed away right before he ever had a chance to win. So there's a strong sentimental return for Kevin O'Connell to come back and win again. But is another musical going to kill him? Guys... Please don't let this happen. Mr. O'Connell's got some great work. I know you guys aren't listening out there to me, but if by chance you happen to listen, Kevin O'Connell needs to win. He's got a great war film. It's artistic. Definitely throw him a bone here. This is the kind of thing you should let him win for. La La Land, it's a musical, and I'll be honest, probably wasn't mixed the best. So, And these guys have already won a couple years ago, so, so give it to the guy, all right? You're going to give La La Land a ton of awards. Just throw the man a bone. Hacksaw Ridge, much my personal choice for best sound mixing. Give it to the man. Let's move on to sound editing. So, of course, I mentioned Hacksaw Ridge is definitely a strong contender. So that's in. As well as Rogue One, I think, is a really strong contender as well. I think Arrival's use of sound design and creating the language for the other aliens is going to get in there as well. As well as I think the use of animal sounds is also going to help out with the Jungle Book. That's right, everybody. I think the Jungle Book's going to get a sound design nomination. I'm going to throw the fifth slot out there. A lot of people are thinking La La Land's going to get a sound editing nomination. Everyone, I'd like to remind you again, sound editing is about the design of the sound. Whiplash couldn't get nominated for sound design. I definitely don't think La La Land's going to get nominated for sound design. It's a sound mixing. It's a Definitely one that's going to be a strong contender there. Again, like I said, please don't let it win over Hacksaw Ridge. Throw a bone to Mr. Kevin O'Connell. He's long deserved it. So, yeah, I don't think La La Land's going to get in there. I think it's going to go to Deepwater Horizon. But depending on how much the film is loved, it may get nominated. In which case, look for it to win practically everything. Sorry, Mr. O'Connell. Maybe you got to sign up for the next musical. Push really hard for that one. 
Moving on to supporting actor. Definitely think Mahashala Ali, even though he was my pick for the Golden Globe but didn't win, might have a strong is gonna have a strong showing here. Him and Mr. Dev Patel for Lion, because again, that movie's gonna show really strongly. And I think you're gonna have veterans, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, get nominated. And you're also gonna have Hugh Grant nominated for Florence Foster Jenkins. His first Academy Award nomination ever. So yeah, I think he's got a strong chance there. And our fifth nominee, well, here's where it gets interesting, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about the support of the film. Now, the actors are going to campaign really hard, but you got newbie Lucas Hedges, young actor, up and coming, kind of reminded me of watching Matt Damon watch Manchester by the Sea, so he might get in. But if support for Manchester by the Sea isn't as strong, if we don't see it up for editing, I think the nomination for Lucas Hedges might be a little shaky here, so we'll see. And it might go to either the Golden Globe winner, Mr. Aaron Taylor Johnson for Nocturnal Animals, or the other actor from Nocturnal Animals, Michael Shannon. I don't know. This is going to be really interesting to see how supporting actor plays out. Like I said, when the Golden Globes came around, this is the first time supporting actor has actually gotten interesting. So let's see where it goes. Let's see where the race plays out. And let's move on to supporting actress. Ladies and gentlemen, no one is going to beat Viola Davis this year. And they shouldn't. Because she is long overdue. She's been nominated a couple times already. She's already been passed up. A lot of people think she should have won. And the movie Fences is definitely the type of film that'll give her that chance to give her the win she's deserved. We've got a couple other ones with Michelle Williams from Manchester by the Sea, who herself has been nominated a couple times and never won. But uh, again, like I said, support may not be as strong for it. She had one of the most emotional scenes in the film. So, but we don't know. This, I still say it's Viola Davis's year to lose. She's definitely not going to lose. The one thing that's going to tell this is when the Screen Actors Guild Awards come out next weekend. As far as our other strong hitters, Moonlight's going to have an incredibly strong showing, so Naomi Harris is definitely in, as well as Nicole Kidman for Lion. As far as our fifth nominee goes, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, I'm calling it, because, like I said, the movie's got a really strong showing right now, so I definitely think it's going to carry over for her to get nominated as well. Moving on to Best Song. Oh yeah, we got two songs from La La Land up there. Might as well just throw them in. City of Stars, Audition, yep, they're nominated. I don't want them. I don't, I w- I'd rather have Audition nominated. City of Stars, yeah. If you want my personal opinion, I think it's kind of bland. I mean, think about it. Loop, 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 loop. That's it. That's the extent of the song. It's not that original, won the Golden Globe, so what? We've seen how the Golden Globes have awarded song before. Not the best. We're getting into my personal opinion, though, so I try to stay as far away from that as possible because, as we've seen with predictions before, if you let personal opinion get in the way, you can't call them what's going to get nominated. Because, like I said, if it were up to me, you wouldn't see La La Land in any of the music categories. But it's going to have two song nominations here. As far as the other three, How Far I'll Go from Moana... Definitely is going to have a strong showing, especially since it's got the guy from Hamilton doing the song. And it's a Disney film. It's done very well. It's definitely going to get up there. And I think Justin Timberlake's song, Can't Stop the Feeling, is definitely going to get a nomination as well. It's energetic, the way that everything is awesome sounded. And it's got a great radio play to it. A lot of kids are into it. A lot of grown-ups are into it. It's one of those universal songs. Oh, it's like Happy from Despicable Me Too. And we all saw how that got a nomination. So I think that's going to be this year's happy. So we got our fifth slot. 
Now, song is incredibly hard to predict. Now, because you usually have what's going to be a Best Picture nominee. If that has a song, it's got a good chance. Unless it's just an end credit song, in which case, no, not really. But this year, as I said before, Hidden Figures is having a really strong showing. And as I mentioned before with Happy, Pharrell Williams is actually tied to the soundtrack for Hidden Figures. So we've got two possibilities for that. We have I See a Victory, and what I think is going to get the nomination, a song called Runnin'. So let's see how that plays out, because if not, we've got some other lovable long shots in there. We've got Never Give Up from Lion. We've got Faith from Sing. We've got Letter to the Free from 13th. And we've got Drive It Like You Stole It from the lovable little indie musical that could called Sing Street. So I think that's got a contender possibility there. But I think the five are pretty solid. I can't see much shaking in there, but I've been wrong in the music categories before. Moving on to our other music categories, Best Original Score. La La Land, you're definitely in again. I'm not going to be as harsh on this one. The music, when it played out, wasn't as part of the songs. It was pretty strong. Had some good dance numbers. I liked it. So, it's definitely in. Musical, Best Picture Sweeper. Oh yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So, yeah. La La Land's a surefire lock. Everything else to me, I feel, is pretty much about to plateau. Because, yeah, it's kind of rough this year. So, I'm going to take a look. Moonlight, Jackie, Lion, I think they're all going to get Best Picture nominations. We'll see that later on. I think they're the three strongest to get nominated for score. Especially Jackie and Moonlight. Lion's in there as well. We got our fifth slot, which I think could go multiple ways. Now, since the Academy deemed Arrival is ineligible because it used previously recorded music, I think I've actually gotten to it on another show, so I'm not going to go into it again. So, the fifth slot, I think is going to go to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But, I'm not going to count out some of these other films. I think The Jungle Book's got a pretty good chance. And we've got some other two veterans that the Academy just loves to nominate. Alexandre Desplat for Florence Foster Jenkins. That movie's going to have a strong showing. Might carry over here, especially if the love for the composer is that strong as well. Speaking of movies where the love for the composer is incredibly strong, you got John Williams himself might get nominated for the BFG. And no, that's not the gun from Doom. It's actually based on a Roald Dahl book. Means big friendly giant. Has nothing to do with guns. But... I don't think it's going to get too strong of a showing here, especially since it's one of Steven Spielberg's biggest bombs. But who knows? We'll see where it goes. Moving on to the categories where they actually have announced the finalists. Now, for hair and makeup, I'm going to call three films right now. I think it's going to be between Deadpool, Star Trek Beyond, and Florence Foster Jenkins. Now, I think Florence Foster Jenkins is right on the cusp of it might get nominated, it might not. I just recently had a film called A Man Called Ove. It's possibly going to get the nomination, but then at the last minute I thought, eh, Florence Foster might get in there. It's going to go either way. I think Deadpool and Star Trek are pretty solid locks, but the third slot's going to go either Man Called Ove or Florence Foster Jenkins. The other three contenders are The Dressmaker, Hail Caesar, which I don't see those getting in, maybe The Dressmaker, and then Suicide Squad, which might have a chance, but we'll see. But, Deadpool, that is definitely the lock. So, that might actually even be your winner. The other category where they announced the finalist is visual effects. 
I gotta go with Arrival and The Jungle Book as my two strongest showings because Arrival's got the best picture pedigree and The Jungle Book has the technician pedigree. The effects of Jungle Book were so important because it came off of an incredibly popular animated film. It also had to appear realistic, but still pay the right amount of homage to the animated film. That one did it just well, and it came out with some of the best achievement in visual effects. I think it's going to have a strong showing, but again, Arrival's our Best Picture nominee, so we'll see how that plays out. As far as our other nominees, Doctor Strange had an incredible use of visual effects. That's the kind of film that you kind of go to, you get the 3D glasses, you kind of get your friend who's got that little, uh, you know, herbal enhancement, you go see it, you watch it with a 3D, and you just sit back and enjoy the effects, which basically look like Inception on steroids. So yeah, Doctor Strange is going to be another one of my strong picks. And I think Rogue One is also a pretty strong contender as well. But you got a lot of detractors out there who did not like the use of CGI Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia. So that might be something that when the actors come around to nominating it, they may not take too well to it. As we've seen before... With the director, when he had a great visual effects film in Godzilla, even though the film didn't perform too well, the effects were one of the ten contenders. It was a possible possibility had a good shot. Still didn't make the cut. So, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to make the cut, but I don't think it's going to be as strong as anybody expects it to. Which brings us to our fifth nomination, which I believe is kind of a three-way race right now. The other three that are completely out of it, Passengers is out, Captain America Civil War, I'm actually saying is out, even though it had some incredibly convincing visual effects with that airport battle and with uh, younger Robert Downey Jr. And I think Spielberg's BFG actually might be out of the race as well. But the three movies I think are going to battle for the fifth nomination are going to be Deepwater Horizon, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Kubo and the Two Strings. And my personal pick, I think Kubo and the Two Strings might sneak in. It's going to be the first stop-motion film to get nominated for visual effects since Nightmare Before Christmas, back in 1993. Since then, we've had a couple other stop-motion films that have managed to sneak into the semi-finalist contenders, films like Coraline. But this is the first time that a stop-motion animated film actually made it to the finalist list. And when the Visual Effects Society announced their nominations, Kubo had a lot more than most of the live-action ones, so don't count out Kubo and the Two Strings. But also don't count out Deepwater Horizon, which had a really strong showing as well. Now, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, if there's support for the film, if people like the look and the style and the effects, might get a nomination here as well, simply because of the pedigree and the fame. But I'd like to remind everybody, Harry Potter was never really a strong contender for visual effects. That's right. Back when there were only three nominees for visual effects, the only time it got nominated was once, and that was for Prisoner of Azkaban in 2004, and still lost to Spider-Man 2. The only times that this was nominated for visual effects afterwards were Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2, and in those years, they actually expanded the nominees to five. So, may get nominated, may not. I think the Academy's got a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth, especially since it's kind of a spin-off of a seven or eight film long series. We'll see. But it's not out of the race, but I still think it's going to go to Kubo and the Two Strings for the fifth slot for visual effects. And speaking of animated film, I think the strongest contenders we have going into this year's race are Kubo and the Two Strings, and Moana, and Zootopia. Those are the three films that are guaranteed nominations. If none of them make the list, 
That is definitely some really weird stuff. We got to ask some questions because that'll be up there with the Lego movie not getting nominated, which I'm still bitter about. Nominating a couple other films no one's ever heard of. Nobody still cares about. <clears throat> Lego movie should have been nominated. And if it was nominated, it should have won. Sorry, Big Hero 6. Sorry, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Love you. You know, Lego movie. That's another. That's for another podcast. We still got two other nominations, which I think the slots are going to go to. The Little Prince, which was a Netflix or animated original. Actually did a very good showing. A lot of people love it. I think it's going to find its way in here. It's a well-loved source material. And our fifth nominee, I'm actually predicting Studio Ghibli's The Red Turtle. Because again, Studio Ghibli. Academy loves them. Audiences love them. Fans of animation love them. It's a good film. It's going to get in there. It's going to be your fifth nominee. If those last two don't make it, you're either going to see something like Sing or Finding Dory or a Best Foreign Film nominee of My Life as a Zucchini. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if one of them gets double nominations. But this might be the first time in a long time that an animated film gets more than one nomination each year. It might be this year. And we're rounding out to the top two categories. So I'm going to get back to my supersets and my plateaus and those newbies down there. So, Best Director, our supersets are easily... Damien Chazelle for La La Land, and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Now, as far as like what's been playing out throughout the season, we've had the director nominations from the Broadcast Film Critics Awards, the Golden Globes, and the Directors Guild. Those are some pretty good indicators as to what's going to get nominated. And the one name that has been consistently left off of that list has been Mr. Martin Scorsese for Silence, which the film has had an incredibly bad promotion. Which is strange, because this is Mr. Scorsese's third film in his series of Faith films. And he's usually tackled them pretty well, usually to controversial extent. Movies like Last Temptation of Christ, yeah, they didn't have any controversy around it when it came out, did it? <laughs> but he still managed to get a nomination there. So I think we can't count him out just yet. But the movie may not have had a strong showing, so we'll see. But I think another contender who's about to plateau, a really strong chance, is Mr. Dennis Villeneuve for Arrival. That's right, I think Arrival... Might be one of the first science fiction films to get a director's nod. Unless you count Gravity, which, I'm sorry, I think is just mostly a space drama action film. Not much of sci-fi. I consider sci-fi anything that makes you ask what if. So, yeah, I don't really consider Gravity much sci-fi. Good film, not sci-fi. But Arrival, 100% sci-fi. So you got my love. I hope you get nominated, because I hope we see directors nominated for science fiction films. Go, Mr. Dennis Villeneuve. As far as the fifth slot, I'm actually predicting something kind of strange here. So, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I expect to be wrong, because I think Kenneth Lonergan might get nominated for Manchester by the Sea. But I think the Weinstein push for Garth Davis for Lion might edge him out for the fifth slot. Or could edge out Mr. Martin Scorsese. I don't know. But I think Mr. Davis is directing for Lion is going to find its way in. As far as somebody else who could sneak in, and again, like I mentioned before, depending on how well the film's received, is Hacksaw Ridge. Now, we started out the season, got the broadcast film critics and Golden Globes nods, so it came in pretty strong, hasn't been picking up any wins, and when Mr. Gibson didn't get nominated for the Director's Guild, that kind of started to hurt the film's chances, so we'll see how strong it's still going now. I think it might have a chance. I'd like to see it, but we'll see. There's a big crowded race for director this year. Like I said, these seven men right here, it's going to be really hard to pick five of them. Which brings us to our big one of the night, Best Picture. Yeah, La La Land. We know it's going to win. We know it's going to get nominated. 
if that movie doesn't get nominated, just throw out everything and everything you predict this year because the whole world just went insane. So yeah, La La Land's getting nominated. Probably going to sweep a bunch of awards, which to be fair, good. We haven't had a Best Picture sweeper in a long time. I mean, we, last year we had Fury Road sweep six Oscars. That was amazing. A couple years before that, we had Gravity sweep seven Oscars, which was amazing. And then we kind of had like, you know, four or five winners, but a big sweeper for Best Picture. We, we haven't had one of those since, man, it's been a long time. Hurt Locker won six back in 2009. Slumdog Millionaire won eight in 2008. There's a time in which a Best Picture and a Best Director film You'd see a bunch of other wins, maybe five other wins underneath it. Hell, I remember the time when we had to sit through The English Patient, and that movie took home nine. Nine awards, ladies and gentlemen. We all saw how well that film aged. Everyone kind of sides with Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld afterwards. I'm digressing. La La Land, definite lock. It's more than a superset. It is the H-I-I-T, the High Intensity Interval Training of nominees. That is going to be the one to beat. Other than that, another one of our strong supersets is going to be Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea. Definitely going to get nominated. We come to our Bout to Plateau section, which could kind of go either way. I think these three are looking pretty strong, and they are Arrival, Lion, and Hidden Figures. Like I said before, Hidden Figures is performing really well with audiences right now, much kind of like the way that American Sniper performed back in 2014 when it kind of was under the radar, snuck in, and then all of a sudden... Audiences started watching it, got a huge opening weekend in January, carried over, and it's definitely performing not as strong as that, but performing really well. It's also a very strong subject right now about women in the workforce, especially the time period in the 60s as well, so I think it's going to make its way in. So those are some six really strong contenders for Best Picture, and I think you're going to see probably all six of them get nominated. And if any of them don't get nominated, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a shock because the Academy's doing that thing again where they say, oh, we'll nominate anywhere between five and ten movies. So you can never call like an even five or an even ten the way you used to. So the only thing that makes it interesting is the people like me. I don't know about a lot of you guys out there who are probably just listening to me for courtesy right now. But if you aren't, it's really hard to predict how many nominees there are going to be each year. It could be a nominee. There could be ten. But we don't know. So, I'm saying the six are the strongest, but there's these other four here, which I think could get nominated as well. I really only have ten possibilities this year, because everything else has been kind of iffy. So, we'll see how that plays out. The other four, I'm thinking, I think Hacksaw Ridge is still going pretty strong right now. That might sneak its way in to be the seventh nominee for Best Picture. Hell or High Water might have a sneak-in chance as well. It's got a good story. It's pretty intense. A lot of people respond to it. So it might get in, might be one of our lovable Dark Horse candidates. We'll see. The other two possibilities, I believe, are going to be Fences and Silence. But it depends on how well they're received and how well it gets voted on by the Academy members. And just thinking about it, I'm going to throw in an 11th possibility as well. Nocturnal Animals. If that movie holds on strong, if it gets a supporting actor nod, screenplay nod, if it gets more than two nominations there, I think you might see it up for Best Picture. But that's been a really interesting movie to watch how people have responded to it. So we'll see how it goes from there. And that is all of our nominees. And that is all your bros predictions this year. I'm sorry if it went on really long. Had a lot to cover. Like to get those technical categories in. Hope I was somewhat entertaining to everyone. Hope you were kind of following it and kind of interested. 
If not, I apologize. Send me some feedback. You can go to the Four Midwest Guys page. You can check. You can send me a message on there. Say, hey, quit doing this, quit doing that. You know I'm going to have a little bit of a sentimental spot for the technical categories, but I'll try to accommodate you guys because I want to make this interesting for everyone. I want to let you all have fun. I like to let you all lift with me, have some reps going on. I'll spot you all. So we'll see how tomorrow morning plays out. We'll see how the nominees go. But till then, be at my tailgate, grilling up some dogs, drinking some beer, getting my last set of reps in, and seeing how it plays out. Till tomorrow, the broken E is closed!